We want to welcome everybody to a special edition of Hawkeye Hangout here featuring the one and only coach Gary Close. <laughs> Gary, that's quite an introduction. Quite an introduction indeed. How are you doing? Well, actually, I'm a little tired. I've had a long day today, but uh, it was fun to finish it with some basketball and, and to be on the show. So looking forward to it. I understand that when you're retired, you like to travel, but don't you think maybe you've, uh, you've done the old South Carolina thing enough, Gary? No, we love it down there. It's uh, like the beach and the golf and took my family down there and actually had a brother and sister join me. So uh, great weather. And uh, so it was fun. We had, we had a, we had a good time. I don't blame you one bit. I'm assuming you golfed again. I ask you this every time. Yeah. Yeah. We played three or four times. Yeah. It was a good time. Good for you. Well, uh, we're going to be dealing with some severe Severe weather again here, it looks like, in Iowa over the next 24 hours. So that at least is a sign that the warmer times are ahead here in the state and that we'll be able to get back on the lines here in Iowa. So uh, uh, first business here that's also a sign that we're uh, we're into spring is uh, we've uh, concluded our college basketball season. Another one in the books, uh, Gary. And we're going to talk about three topics here. We've got you about 20 minutes or so this evening, and then I'll stay on and take calls until probably around midnight, however long people want to hang out here on the show to kind of wrap up the college basketball season. But tonight, uh, the UConn Huskies defeating the Aztecs of San Diego State 75-50, or excuse me, 76-59. I still can't get the score right, Gary. <laughs> 76-59 in the national championship game. And let me just say this, just a weird championship, weird tournament, weird championship game. We talked all season, Gary, about how balanced college basketball was. And that really played itself out when you look at the Final Four, when you look at the national championship game. And yet you look at what UConn did in this tournament. They basically dominate every team they play. They win every game by double digits. How surprised were you at uh, the Huskies? Well, I really hadn't seen them play much all year, so I, I didn't have a real good feel for them. Um, I, I, was, I was impressed early watching them because they really, you know, they really went through a pretty strong field to, uh, you know, to get where they've got. I mean, they beat Gonzaga and, and St. Mary's are real good basketball teams, and Miami was playing really well, and and so it wasn't a fluke. And like you said, they won you know, they won double digits every game. So uh, I think what everybody kind of says they were playing their best basketball at the most important time, and at both ends of the court. And I was real impressed uh, as I watched them more and more. I, w- I was really impressed. They were they had a lot of weapons, and they were playing very well, and and very well coached, and. And uh, they deserved it. San Diego State was really good. Let's not take anything away from them. These are two uh, solid defensive teams. I mean, UConn holding the Aztecs to 59 in the national championship game speaks volumes. And, um, you know, neither of these teams, you, you don't look at star power. As, I mean, obviously, both these teams, you have to have really good players to be able to compete at this level. But these are just very balanced teams. Is this a sign, Gary, that, that college basketball has – has balanced itself out a bit due to the transfer portal due to NIL or is, are we just kind of, are we reacting a little bit quickly based on one, one season? Well, it might be, but I, I think there's a chance of that. I think the other thing you throw in there is, is the better players are leaving after a year. They're just not staying. Um, you know, you look at a team like Indiana's losing, you know, losing their, Real strong players. One of them's a freshman. Uh, they just the, the the young talent of players do not stay anymore, and uh, so it uh, you know it makes for 
maybe more so chemistry and and uh, things like that and getting on a roll at the right time. UConn was a team that wasn't even ranked uh, heading into the year and had a rough patch halfway through it. I don't think any – what were they, a five seed? Uh, four or five seed, maybe a four, four. seed? Four, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, it just got, it kind of goes to show that, you know, when you can get on a roll – uh, especially with all the parity we got in college basketball now, you can you can make a run. And of course, uh, uh, the the Final Four as a whole, FAU, a, a Cinderella this year, but a Cinderella, a team that uh, won a lot of games in the in the regular season. Yeah, Clayton got hot late. They had struggles early for a while. It looked like they might not be a tournament team. I remember them losing to Nebraska early in the season. Uh, and if it, we're of course relating this all back to Iowa, we're going to talk about. Uh, Found a, kind of the final part of our segment with you tonight, Gary. I want to talk to you about what Iowa needs to do to take that next step. Um, but I first want to reflect on what we saw yesterday. Uh, I know you have been following the Iowa women as much as all of us have. And yeah. I'm sure you were, you were down in South Carolina when the Hawkeyes beat the Gamecocks a couple of days ago. So um, first of all, what an incredible run. And, I, and I, I've said this before. I, I want to say it again. I, I talked about it last night. I am so proud of this team. And, uh, you know, I'm not a part of the team. I, I just I don't know that last time I felt so proud of a team, even being from a distance, just seeing this group of ladies and how they how they love each other and how they play for each other. And, um, you know, the, the chemistry, despite having someone like Caitlin Clark, I mean, I think that could probably you probably experienced that maybe at times in your career. I don't know. Maybe give us some experience, but that could be a challenge having someone who generates so much attention. And yet the team never seemed to use to, to resent that. Uh, it worked as a well-oiled machine, just an incredible run to get at the national championship game. Just before we get to the game yesterday, can you just speak on, on this run from the Iowa women? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I, I, like a lot of you, I, I was enthralled by it. Um, Lisa Bluter did and her staff did a phenomenal job. Uh, they were fun to watch all year. And like you said, they, um, they knew what they needed to do to be successful, and they all bought in. And um, Caitlin Clark is a generational talent. She is just unbelievable. Uh, and what she's done not only for Iowa basketball, but for women's basketball uh, nationally, she's the talk, of the talk of the country right now, and rightfully so. And the way she handled herself, the way the team handled, um, you know, even, even the loss was, was really impressive and shows the kind of leadership they've got at the top. And, um, you know, it sounds like a lot of those guys are coming back. So the future looks very, very bright. And, and, and um, it's not easy to do what they did again. Uh, but if there's ever a team that had a chance to do it, they certainly are. I shared this on the, the show yesterday, Gary, and I hope you don't mind. I shared your comments that you sent to me after the game about the officiating. Because everybody who watches this show, Gary, knows that – and I brought this up. We had Sam Logic on the show yesterday, and I told Sam, I said, you know, Coach Close, whenever he's on the show and we bring up officiating, he almost always – it never fails. He almost always says, I didn't think the officiating was that bad. So when Gary Close texts me and says that was bad officiating, that says something. And you're not the only one who said that. I mean, it's been the storyline yeah. coming away from that game yesterday, which is very unfortunate for the sport. Yeah. Can you talk about the officials and uh, why did you think it was so bad? I just didn't think they let him play. Uh, and they took, you know, they took the best players out of the game. And that's that's not what you want to see. Now, if they if they rightfully 
put themselves in position to be put out of the game, that, that'd be one thing. But there are just a lot of borderline calls that you just you just don't make in a situation like that, all the way from, to the technical foul to some of the offensive fouls I thought were very, very marginal. Um, yeah, I did not think it was a well-officiated game. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I listened to some of Lisa Bluter's comments, and it reminded me of the experience we went through, literally the whole thing. Um, when we went to the Final Four in 2015, uh, we upset Kentucky in the Elite Eight game. They were undefeated. Uh, and everybody expected Kentucky to win, and it was going to be a Duke-Kentucky rematch from the Leitner game. And um, we changed that. And then we thought we had a horrendous referee game. I can go into it in depth. I won't, won't do it, but it reminded me of what Lisa was saying, where they couldn't communicate with the officials. That's when it gets really bad. Uh, if you can't communicate uh, with officials, then they're not doing their job. I mean, that's part of their job is to – communicate to coaches and the players. I remember our players came over and said, we can't even talk to the officials. We can't, you know, can't do anything. And you get so frustrated. And uh, so I really empathize with what she was going through. I, it brought back some bad memories, uh, to say the least. Uh, but um, uh, they, you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate because when you're in a championship game, you want the players to decide the game. And... Um, and the officials had as much an impact on it in some cases as the players did. And that's that's too bad. I, I said this to Sam yesterday, too. And Sam, for, for the record, Sam Logic, uh, who is still a pro, and she's a great. I mean, there's no question in Iowa basketball, she's going to go down in Iowa basketball lore. She's one of the great ones. She was not as critical of the officials. I mean, she acknowledged the officiating was poor. But when I see Kim Mulkey, uh, basically on all fours, out of her box, on the court. She There is a video that went viral, Gary, of her making contact with an official. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I'm assuming you did. Uh, I don't know if I saw it, but I heard about it. Yeah. You know, and 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 there was the ABC show. And I could read Lisa Bluter's lips. At one point, Lisa Bluter, you could see what she was saying. She said, Kim Mulkey is on the court. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the communicate So... The women's game, and, and again, I know we don't have a ton of time to talk about this, but I just want to get one final comment in here. The women's game has taken off, and a large part because of Caitlin Clark. Not just Caitlin, but she's been a big part of it. No doubt. And I understand the officials shouldn't have an agenda to help a certain team based on what a certain player on that certain team is doing for the sport. But I do believe that you have to have some self-awareness. And if you're going to call a tight game, you better be very careful about when you choose to call a tie game. And I also didn't think it was very consistent. I, there were a couple – it, it just didn't – to me, it rubbed me the, the whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. First quarter was about as bad of a, of a quarter as I've seen at any level in a long, long time. Um, so I, I just – you know, I look back at that. Credit to LSU. Played great. I'm not going to get into the Angel Reese discussion. Uh, I, I don't know if you have any comments on that, Gary. I know that's turned into the, the storyline – I, I think Reese uh, is com- a competitor, just like Caitlin Clark is a competitor. I thought she went a little overboard, um, but it is what it is in the moment. Um, Kim Mulkey's a heck of a coach. I'll give her credit for that. She knows how to win championships, and she's done it in, in an incredibly quick fashion in yeah. a couple of years there at LSU with a bunch of transfers. So the Iowa women will be back, Gary. I know they're losing Monica, and they're losing uh, McKenna Warnock, it looks like. 
they've got a really good unit coming back, including the best player in the country in Caitlin Clark. They're going to add uh, a couple of recruits. We don't know about Ava Jones' status. Kenise Johnson, Etienne will come in. I know Taylor Strimlow, who you're high on, will come in in two years. But the, the, the sky is, is still high for this team. The future is bright. And I just couldn't be prouder of this unit. Yeah, you should be. I mean, it was um, – it just gave you a lot of – a lot of joy watching them play, how hard they played, how well they played, uh, how together they played. And, um, and you know, when you make a run like that, that's something you'll never forget. It's, it's incredibly difficult to do. And, and uh, you know, they knocked out an undefeated team that was just terrific, well-coached, talented team. And uh, so they deserve, they deserve an awful lot of credit. It was, um, it was pretty neat to watch for sure. One more thing on UConn and San Diego State, uh, Gary, because I will say these two national champions over the last two days, very interesting personalities uh, at, at head coach. I know nothing about Dan Hurley, very little about that family. Uh, you probably mm-hmm. do. Can can you share anything about – do you know Dan? Or, and, and how do I you don't know Dan. I actually recruited Bobby for Iowa. Okay. Um, and we, we hung in there for a while. Uh, so I got to know his dad a little bit. You know, I'm from New Jersey, and he was too. And at that time, he was a big Boston Celtic fan, and Brad Lowhouse had just gone there and was playing pretty well. So, um, you know, we hung in there for a little bit. But um, he seemed like a real good guy on the telephone. I love talking basketball with him. Obviously, it's a it's a basketball family. And, um, you know, Danny's had his up and downs. But I tell you what, he did a terrific job this year. That, that team was – was so well coached. Their offense and and how hard they play defensively, uh, how f- quick they cut, how, how much they move the ball. He had some great um, quick hitters for his post player. Um, I just thought he did a, a really, really, really good job. All right, let's let's transition here, Gary, for our final few minutes with you, uh, and then we're going to let you get some shut eye because uh, as Chad brings up, uh, Gary, Mr. Gary's up <laughs> late tonight. Um, <laughs> So uh, let's talk about the Hawkeyes and talk about the men here for a second. We've talked about the women. Uh, this tournament, if anything, if you want to read into things, it's an indication to me that it's possible to win this tournament without being a blue blood. We saw four blue bloods in the final four last year in spite of the, the really the launch of NIL and the launch of the transfer portal. But this year, so much more balance, um, no top three seeds, in the final four, that's an incredible stat uh, in and of itself. It yep. tells me that programs like Iowa, it's not impossible for them to do what these teams tonight did or what the Iowa women did uh, yesterday and getting to the national championship game. So my question to you, Gary, what does this Iowa team need to do to take the next step? And I understand the next step is not getting to a national title. It's getting to a Sweet 16. But we've been asking that question for over – what, 23 years now, what does this team, what would you say this team needs to focus on recruiting-wise, portal-wise, practice-wise? What do they need to do to get better to get to a point where you feel confident about them making a second weekend of the tournament? Yeah, well, I think first off, it it isn't easy to do. I mean, it it is, you know, college basketball this year is a little little weird with – with what you talked about as far as the tournament goes. And I think NIL and the portal all have got something to do with it. And that may continue. Um, and we talked about, you know, freshmen leaving early and things like that. So it, you can you can um, build something quickly, uh, but it's not easy. 
Um, you know, things got to come together. You, you've got to, you got to be relatively healthy and you got to have the right guys that can buy into, you know, what you're talking about. So you can't downplay what these teams have done, what the women have done. Um, it's still hard. I mean, it is incredible. I mean, one, you know, San Diego state makes that shot, you know, at the buzzer to play in the championship game, that, that thing short and they're, they're out. And there were probably other instances like that before. So it's it's still a very very difficult thing. You got to have some luck. Um, you gotta you know you got to be healthy. You got to be playing well. I mean some you know teams are going to go through lulls uh, every year. The year's too long, and you, you just can't have your lull in March, uh, and, and and it happens. Uh, so, um, but I think you know from from their standpoint, obviously they got some holes to fill with what they've lost. Um, you know, literally almost at every position, but that's that's not uncommon with a lot of teams in the Big Ten. They're all kind of sitting around here seeing who's leaving and who's coming, and it's a really um, kind of a turmoil time of the year. And so the portal is going to be very important. Um, you know, obviously they don't have much inside with with Philip leaving and the other two guys just not well, – one's left and the other one's not proven. So that's, that's kind of where you start. Uh, I think they need a scorer. Um, you know, they can, they can get them some baskets when they need baskets. Um, and then depth. I mean, they just need, you know, they just need, they need, need more players, but you know, you can, you can say that for almost any team with, with, you know, with some exceptions. So the portal is going to be important to them. Like a lot of teams, uh, can any of the freshmen come in and make a contribution? We don't know. And then I think the big thing, Corey, is who can make jumps, who can make big jumps, and become, um, you know, become all Big Ten players. Uh, can Peyton Sanford make a big jump? Can Can Tony become one of the best guards in the league? You know, he had moments where he was, but it wasn't consistent. Um, and can, and some of those other guys that uh, you know can can Patrick get back to where he was? He's shown flashes of being a real good college player. He had a rough this year, a uh, rough time this year with with all that he went through. Can he can he come back and be a one of the top players of being? So there's there's things there that can you know that you can build off, and then you know like we say, can any of the freshmen um, make an impact? Can any of the young guys like Bowen and some of those other guys that got a little taste? Can they make another step? Uh, so there's a lot of question marks, and a lot of it's going to be dependent upon how hard they work in the off season, how important it is to them, um, and um, and how much they can improve. Um, in order to, uh, you know, order to uh, make the team better. Gary, I'm going to cur- throw you a curveball here. I forgot to ask you this ahead of time, so brace yourself. Uh, you, you remember when I did, I just hope you watched it. I sent you a clip of Iowa walk on Amaria Nimmers. Did you end up watching that? I watched a little bit of it, yeah. What did you think of that? I mean, I understand it's just practice footage and Amarian Nimmers. I don't know why he posted it to his YouTube channel, but it's been brought up to me on a couple of occasions and I'm sitting there watching it and I try not to read into highlight film. I was impressed with the little bit of highlight film there. It made me look at him and think, okay, I don't know how good he can be, but it looks the part like, hey, he could probably, he's not your average walk-on. Is that fair? Uh, Maybe. It's hard to tell. Certainly there were flashes, but... You know, doing something in practice and doing another thing in a Big Ten game is a big is a big sure. jump. So, uh, but you know, it's been done before. Uh, it's crazy how things. You know, the freshman that Wisconsin had, he was not a heavily recruited, um, highly rated. 
guy. He was okay, and he he was one of the top freshmen in the league. He really had his moments, um, you know, something like that. So it can happen. Um, and usually teams that, uh, you know, make runs like that have that, have, have guys that step up and, and um, you know, become better players. And and that's the fun part of, of you know, watching in the offseason and see who develops and who improves and, and um, the teams that do are the teams that end up, you know, having, having better runs. So you, you're telling us don't read too far into the Omarion Nimmer. No, I don't, I don't think so. But okay. Hey, you caught me. I, I hope, uh, <laughs> hope it, I hope it works. I've I hope seen it does a lot too. of highlight tapes in my day. Yep. yep. It's funny when you. they send those highlight tapes, they never miss a shot. I get you. Yep. <laughs> I've, they I never look, turn hey, the ball over. They get, never get beat on defense. I have these conversations uh, with Don Patterson all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he told you know, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, Jim Bartles was a good player for us at Iowa, a good sharpshooter. And there was a big Iowa fan from Wisconsin. And he would send me tapes on Jim Bartles all the time. And I kept watching him. And, okay, okay. And uh, and then he, he sent me one of his um, – his high school senior year, it was in the state tournament. He had like 45 points. And I watched the whole game. I'm going, wow, that was impressive. And from that, we ended up having a scholarship open up right at the end of the year for some reason. I don't remember who left or whatever. But I went up and watched him work out and run track. And from that, uh, and just felt he was a real neat kid. I said, I know, I think this kid's worth a gamble. And we brought him down for a visit, and Coach Davis liked him. We offered him, and he ended up having a real good career for us. So sometimes a videotape uh, tells you the truth. Just real quick, so Don has told a story. He's told on the air. He's told it to me several times. Um, and that's not, I'm not ripping Don for being older and repeating himself, right? But you got these stories <laughs> that you love to tell. Don tells a story of a coach. I, I want to say it was at when he was a head coach at Western. And he had an assistant coach tell him, or, or no, he didn't say it to him. He said it in front of a, a group of people uh, at some class or whatever the case may be. And this coach made the comment about how he could evaluate, he, he could tell by watching a, 10 minutes of, of highlight film, he could tell if a kid was Division One material. And Don has told me about how he took that coach aside after that class or after that session and said, coach, don't ever say that again. <laughs> because that's simply not true. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I just feel like I'm talking to, to Coach Patterson here because you guys are. There you go. Uh, you're right. And and I I've made this comment. I know you don't follow recruiting like you did when you had to recruit. Right. But I wonder. I think Brock Harding may play next year because I think they need help at point. Since we were on last, Aaron Ulysses has hit the transfer portal. Gary, I'm not. You know, I'm not surprised by that. I said that in the final show. I said I think he's going to be hitting the portal. Uh, and of course, we saw Josh Agundale entering the portal. No surprise, would you know? But I would be shocked if either one of those guys comes back. Remember, Agundale entered the portal last year, decided to come back. Yeah. Iowa took yeah. him back, so they're in on Josh Cohen, big big man from St. Francis, PA, and they're in on a kid from Merrimack. Uh, they're on. I mean, they've made contact with a lot of players. They got a couple official visits coming in there, so they're doing work in the portal, mostly in the front court. I just wouldn't be shocked, Gary, if we see Brock Harding play early and often. And frankly, Price Sanford, I'd be shocked if he doesn't play because of his ability to stretch the floor, his ability mm -hmm. to make threes. Owen Freeman's a 6'10 forward. We may see all three true freshmen play, and usually I'm more cautious about saying that because I expect Fran to redshirt somebody. 
we'll see. And we'll, and of course the, the development of Amari and Nimmers and what they can do in the portal will have, uh, will have a, a say here in, in how Iowa, what Iowa looks like uh, heading into next year. Cause they're not only losing Connor McCaffrey, they're not only losing likely Chris Murray hasn't made that official. They're also losing a really talented former transfer in, in Philip Rabracha. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's opportunity there for people to, to grab it. There's no question about that. There's a lot of minutes that are uh, that are walking out the door. So uh, probably three guys that averaged, you know, 35 minutes a game. So that's a lot of minutes to replace. So um, it's up for grabs. Tony, appreciate the super chat. Look at Tony. This is $1 for every Thanks, win man. of Connor McCaffrey's career. Appreciate that, Tony. And uh, Lomansky as well. Thanks, Tony and Gary for supporting our Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lemansky. Appreciate that. And uh, any final thoughts, Gary, on uh, uh, Iowa moving forward? Uh, any any other thoughts on the roster? Anything at all that we missed? Well, I think you, you've you seen, uh, you know, when you talk about the NCAA tournament, it usually becomes more of a half-court game. That's just the way it is. And uh, so I think their ability to get better at both ends of the court in the half-court, but I think you could say that literally for every team. I think I think when you look at UConn, they were really good. Not that they didn't get out in transition, because they did, uh, but they were very effective in both half courts. And in tournament play, it tends to lean towards that. And so I think um, I think Iowa is one of the best transition teams in the country. They always have been. Um, they're solid in the half court. I think there's room for improvement there. And then there's room for improvement on the defensive end. Uh, you saw a lot of really good defensive teams advance. And that's usually the case in um, tournament play, especially as you get farther and farther along and the teams get better and better. Uh, you know, you got to be able to stop them. And um, I think both San Diego State and, and UConn proved that getting into the finals, that they were two of the better uh, defensive teams in the country and and um, and deserved to be where they were. So, um Hopefully they can they can c- continue to do that. There's a reason why your Wisconsin Badgers got the two Final Fours. Talk about half court offense and half court defense. So got to yeah, and, you, and we you know you need some luck. I mean we beat we beat Arizona to go to the Final Four both years. They could have won it all. Both those years they were loaded. I mean they had two or three guys that are still playing in the NBA now. Um, and both games came down to one or two possessions that could have gone either way. So when I talk about luck, I'm not just kind of flipping that out there. (laughs) You've got to have some luck, but you got to be in position to have the luck. I mean, if you're down 10, then luck's not going to help you. Um, And to do that, to be in position to do that, you know, you've you've, you've got to get some stops and you got to, you know, you can't have a ton of turnovers or you're not going to have a lot of points. And, and our teams were able to do that. And then we, and the two years that we did go to the final four, we had some talent. I mean, uh, we had, you know, we had some pro players that are still playing professionally, some in the NBA, some in Europe. And we had some really, really good college players that probably could have played in Europe, but chose not to. So, and and it was a, you know, it was a teams that were, were real tight and, and very unselfish and, and, uh, and we got on a roll at the right time. We didn't play well in either. Well, the one Big Ten tournament we won, but the year before we didn't play well in the Big Ten tournament, and then got hot in the big in the NCAA. And yeah. I told you before, we almost lost the uh, we almost lost the uh, game to go to the Sweet Sixteen in Milwaukee. If we hadn't have been in Milwaukee, probably wouldn't even have gotten to the Sweet Sixteen. So there is some luck involved. 
my my final takes on this got to be less reliant on the three point shot, which means you your, your offense your half court offense just has to be better, right? Because when the three yeah. when the when the shots aren't falling, you got to be able to create offense somewhere else. And obviously, the the half court uh, defense uh, has got to be better. And like you said, and this if any if this tournament taught me anything, and I'm not, it, certainly it's not new to this tournament this year, but it was kind of a wake up moment for me. If this tournament taught me anything on the men's side. You've got to be able to play when the game plays at a slower pace. It's just hard to control pace in this tournament, it feels like. Well, it's and, much easier to slow it down than it is to speed it up. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Um, and I think uh, I think both those teams, uh, when they needed a bucket, could get a, could get a bucket or get a foul called, um, get to the free throw line. And, and because of that, they could, um, you know, they could, they didn't go through big droughts. Uh, for the most part, on the offensive end, because when they needed a hoop, I can't tell you times when Connecticut needed a hoop, they they ran a play that got their big guy just a wide open look, and he was good. He finished or got to the free throw line, and made his free throws, and and uh, I was real impressed with UConn. They um, they uh, they really, uh, as I watched them, I got more and more more and more impressed. Should Iowa go after Hunter Dickinson, who's in the portal? Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and Joseph, he's, uh, a, he's a little different dude, but uh, you know he, uh, you know when he's on, he's pretty good. Um, so uh, yeah, um, anybody out there, they think and you know, they, I mean, they they they've got to get you know they got to see and see if he's a good fit. I mean, he can be a disaster too. I mean, there's for all the teams we talked about that got into the portal and got. You know, got great players and made a run. There, there are many of them that got some bad dudes that wiped their team out. So it's it's uh, not as easy as it sounds. So you got to be careful. Let me make a correction. I I named all those freshmen. I missed one, Lodgy Dembele. I I missed. I'm sure somebody's going to come in here and tell me I missed him. He may redshirt. He may play some of those things. You got to know all that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you knew him, Gary. (laughs) No, no. Like I said, the recruiting part is not a strength anymore. I got to pick up on that. <laughs> uh, and get, Joseph wants to know what your handicap is before you go to bed. My swing. Okay. Well, I want to. Whatever your handicap is, Gary, I want it to be better by the next time I talk to you. So, uh, and, and and Louis sums it up nicely. I'll put it this way: my daughter has passed me, which okay. I'm happy to say she's uh, she's her. a better golfer, and that's okay. That's that's what you that's what you want to happen. I don't know if I can ask this publicly, but any word on Sam? Plans moving forward. I haven't heard anything. It's kind of you know it's end of the year and things are yeah up in the air. But uh, hopefully we'll hear something here soon. He'd like to be back if he could be. Well, on behalf of all of our listeners, Gary, thank you for another very enjoyable season. Um, I, I know that the fans enjoy it, but uh, this wouldn't happen if I didn't enjoy it. I, I just enjoy the show immensely, and it, it makes the game more interesting, and it it it. Uh, it extends my joy of watching Iowa basketball mm-hmm. an extra hour, yeah. hour and a half. So, uh, well, I've enjoyed it too, and and I, you know, you saw with the women's run, even and even, uh, you know, some of the things the guys did. The, the Hawkeye fans are just phenomenal. They they always have been. They they're very loyal. Um, they love their team, and and uh, they're a special group. And when you see, um, you know, you see the it was a real it was real disappointing that the weather prevented that. Uh, Viewing at, at Carver for the semifinal. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Yeah. Uh, beating South Carolina with, with that place packed, and it just shows um, 
how great Hawkeye fans are. So it's been fun for me to kind of reconnect with them and and uh, and then and getting back to Carver this year to see all the games was a blast. So I enjoyed it too. It was, it's a lot of fun. Well, if you haven't moved to Augusta by next November, I'm going to recruit you <laughs> back here and, and see if I can get uh, steal another season from you. But Gary, on behalf of everybody, thank you again for an awesome season and uh, get some shut eye. Get some yeah, shut eye. We've got some people who wanted to talk to you tonight, but I'm, I'm not going to. I'll take those calls once you're off. So uh, okay. thank you, Gary, and uh, we'll good. we'll talk to you soon. All right, go Hawks. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we've got uh, we've got Darrell MVP waiting on hold. We've got Doug. We've got Tony. We've got Ryan all waiting on hold. I'm here to talk to you. I know you probably don't want to talk to me, all you regular callers, but uh, appreciate you being here. We'll continue here at Hawkeye Hangout for at least the next half hour. Before we get to that, a word from our sponsors. And, of course, uh, one of our sponsors, Under the Kitchen, helping to make this show happen. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Great from the Man Cave, Kinnick Under the Kitchen. Authentic, original player art prints are being drawn up for Hawkeye fans everywhere. From Under the Kitchen's Murray Legacy print, which features former Hawkeye Kenyon Murray, current Hawkeye Chris Murray, and current Sacramento King Keegan Murray, to football players Lucas Van Ness, Tori Taylor, and Cooper DeGene, to wrestlers Tony Cassiope, Alex Marinelli, and Real Woods. Oh, and only one of the greatest athletes to ever compete at Iowa, Spencer Lee. There are so many options available, and they make great gifts. Visit Under the Kitchen on Facebook or at Under the Kitchen's new website. It's underthekitchen.square.site. That's underthekitchen.square.site. Check out Under the Kitchen today and get your authentic, original Hawkeye print. So again, appreciate uh, Under the Kitchen uh, for sponsoring our Hawkeye Hangout editions during the month of April, and we are here to take your calls, take your chats, and hopefully everybody enjoyed. I enjoyed the extra half hour or so we got with Coach Close, and uh, I know we could have gone for a lot longer, but uh, Gary has been very generous with his time, so we appreciate that. Let's let's get to Drill MVP, I believe. I think this is who it is on the phone. I guess we should answer like we normally do. Thank you for calling Hawkeye Hangout here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Good. How are you, sir? Amazed and impressed with the UConn Huskies. I mean, to me, this is one of the most dominant tournament teams in the history of the sport. They never, to me, had a close game in this entire tournament. And... That's pretty unprecedented, Corey. Were you as impressed with UConn as I was? I was flabbergasted by UConn. I had UConn, just for the right, does it, uh, do you remember? I, you're not going to remember this. Do you know who, where I had UConn losing? Uh, I, no. Okay, thank you for just openly admitting that. Uh, so I had UConn losing. Let me find my bracket here. I had UConn. I was gonna, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I had UConn losing in the second round. Okay. To Kansas, no. I'm assuming. Am I am I looking at the right bracket here? What am I looking at? Uh let me let me see. Am I correct in saying no? I uh am I looking at my oh, bracket? Mary's? No, man, I, I I'm looking at my bracket here and i see this has been uh this is weird, man. No, I had Iona winning. Oh wow, you didn't even have him winning the first I, game. I didn't even have him out of the first round. <laughs> I, I, so that doesn't make me look very good, but man, alive! I don't know. I don't know that I've ever picked a national champion to lose in the first round. Well, Corey, I'll <laughs> tell you this: in one of my brackets, I had Virginia winning it. They lost to UNBC that year. So 
It could always be worse, Corey. It could be. Yeah. So I was just amazed with this UConn team. I mean, they had, as Coach Close was alluding to, lulls in the middle of the season going eight and seven. I saw in the Big Tennies out of their first 15 games, but they just turned it on and uh, they played at any type of style and just dominated their opponents that way. I mean, yeah. first off, they had to beat the Gales of both Iona and St. Mary's. I mean, Iona with Rick Bettino, historic coach, St. Mary's, one of the best group of five teams. Then they, I mean, what they did to Gonzaga, that was incredible. That was probably the single most impressive game throughout this entire tournament. Beating a, a potential national championship caliber team by 28 points, Corey. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It is. And, um, like I said, this gives hope. I mean, San Diego State's run, FAU's run. Uh, they, I know, understand there's always Cinderella stories to talk about, but th- this gives hope for the smaller schools, the mid majors, and some of those Power Five schools that maybe go forgotten, Power Six schools that go forgotten. And I know you're a Kentucky fan. I, I'm not saying that this is the end of the era for certain blue bloods. But with the retirement of Coach K, the recent retirement of Roy Williams, now you've got Jay Wright out of the game. You've got uh, uh, Jim Beheim out of the game. Uh, Laranega hasn't officially – has he retired officially yet? Uh, I haven't heard anything. Okay. But my point is, it's a pivotal time. And then with NIL and the transfer portal, and I'm not saying those two factors don't play a role in those guys' decisions to leave when they did. I don't know. We, we're entering a very interesting time. Obviously, with football, we're entering a very pivotal time with the Big Ten Conference, conference realignment, all that stuff, in addition to the portal and NIL. This is a very interesting time for college sports. It's going to be fascinating to see where things head over the next couple of seasons. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And for me, Iowa, I was just kind of a symptom of a larger problem. I mean, that's the Big Ten. I just, I'm, I'm sorry, Corey, I just don't trust the Big Ten in March now. Like, they've burned me one too many times. This March Madness tournament for the Big Ten, to me, was unexcusable. Okay, for, for, for the I, men. For the men. Great tournament for the women. Yes. Yes, for the men. Yeah. Um, the women had the best postseason, in my opinion, in yeah. the Big Ten. The women, uh, the men had the worst, in my opinion. They were the biggest losers. And they have been. They have been in recent yeah. time. And uh, uh, that's one thing we didn't really cover directly with Coach Close. But the Big Ten's got issues in this tournament. And I, I don't know if you want to attribute it to some officiating issues, if you want to attribute it to how the, the conference kind of beats itself up or just style of play. I don't know what you look at. I know with Iowa, as Gary said, it's it's I think it's pretty simple. You got to play better half court defense. You got to be a little bit more consistent with your half court offense. I know that's a lot easier said than done, but uh, you're right. The Big Ten has had issues through and through in this tournament. That, that's become right, a I mean- trend. I just don't. I don't think it's this year any way acceptable for an ACC team. And that, I mean, I couldn't. You couldn't find an ACC defender this year. They were really bad, Corey. Like we're talking, maybe his, historically bad. And for them to have a team go further than any Big Ten team this year was just. It was just crazy. Absolutely unexplainable. Yeah. And. The uh, I'll talk a little bit. If I can, I talk a little bit about the Iowa women. Sure. Uh, they had a great season. Obviously, the game officiating. I know it's got a lot of controversy. 
the closest game it reminded me of when when Gonzaga played North Carolina in the men's game. It was so tightly called. Every possession felt like a foul. Somebody who didn't, you know, didn't really care about either team winning. It was just horrendous to watch. There was no flow, and it just ruined the atmosphere of the game itself. And it was such a shame to see. And, and I don't think it was. I don't think it was consistent. Um, do do I think that the officials made? a point of favoring Iowa or favoring LSU. I don't know about that. I, I, I think there is a Kim Mulkey effect, just like there's a Tom Izzo effect and a coach K effect. Like I think sometimes those coaches get favorable treatment when, when Kim Mulkey's basically on all fours in the middle of the court, uh, jumping up and down like a maniac and not getting a T and then Caitlin Clark does what she does and gets a T. Uh, that's, that's a sign to me that, Hey, we don't have consistent consistency at the, highest level of the sport and this is supposed to be the elite of the elite officiating this game so yeah I, I, we can go on and on about it i'm not going to blame the officials for why iowa lost it's just unfortunate and i think angel reese just unfortunate how she acted the, the people that want to go on this rant about how it's okay what angel reese did because caitlin clark did what she did against louisville little bit there's a there's a, a significant difference between doing this to your bench and doing this at an opponent and then following her around for 20 seconds doing this there's a difference i'm tired of people i had somebody reach out to me earlier person who listens to the show all the time appreciate him taunting is taunting okay all right so if someone pulls down their pants and moons another person on the court that's okay because taunting is taunting Come on, there's standards here. You can't just get, you can't say there's a one size fits all. There's no degree of, of infraction. That's ridiculous. And I'm not saying taunting is right. And what Caitlin Clark did, whether you want to call that taunting or not, she did it. And I, was she motioning to Haley Van Lith? I went back and watched that. I don't know that she was doing that towards Haley Van Lith. It looked like she was doing that towards her own bench. If you go back and watch the replay, I, I don't know if she was or not. Even if she was do doing it toward Van Lith, it lasted three seconds, two seconds. Haley Van Lith is a friend of Caitlin Clark's. I, I, I just don't. And then the whole, well, I don't take disrespect. When has Caitlin Clark ever, when has the team ever disrespected Angel Reese and LSU? I, I just, I don't get that at all. I don't think, I think there is a big difference that between what Caitlin Clark did and what Angel Reese did. And there, there are some people who out there who have tried to draw inferences about the officiating and about Angel Reese, the Caitlin Clark decision, based on race. I, I don't know why people have to bring up race into everything. It has nothing to do with none of this has my not in my opinion has anything to do with race. Um, I don't think the officials officiated it based on race. I don't think uh, I know my opinion on on the the Caitlin Clark Angel Reese situation has nothing to do with with race uh, and skin color it has nothing to do with it. Uh, I I'm calling it like I see it based on the players and, and the behavior of each of each person. And I just didn't think what Angel Reese did was very classy. I have you've heard me, Daryl MVP. You've watched the show. I have questioned Caitlin Clark's behavior at times. You've heard me do that. Yes, and I have. So I, I want to get clear. It's not like I'm just defending Caitlin Clark, but I'm simply saying I do believe there's a difference between what Caitlin Clark did and what Angel Reese did. But with that being said, I don't plan on creating some video over the next couple of days 
talking about this issue because I think it's ridiculous that we can continue to talk about it. So I, I'm. It's been tw- over 24 hours. I'm done talking about it. But you brought up the game. I just wanted to make that clear where I stand on it. I do think there's a difference between Angel, how Angel Reese acted, and how Caitlin Clark acted. But I'm not going to blame the officiating for why Iowa lost the game. Iowa didn't play very good half court defense, especially in that first half. Left a lot of three point shooters open, and I give credit to people like Carson and Angel Reese for battling down low. LSU played great, and they deserved to win. I'm glad you got that out of your system, Corey. It seems like you've been uh, having that pent up emotion in you. Did, so I'm it, just glad you got it. Did, did what I said? Did it resonate at all, Dylan VP? Yeah, it was a great rant. It was a great five minute rant. I'm not trying to rant with a five minute. Listen, it wasn't a five minute rant, Dylan VP. You've only been on the line for. Well, I can't tell because you've been waiting on hold for like a half hour. But anyways, I wasn't trying yeah. to rant. I'm just trying to explain why do I just don't understand why we have to make everything about race. I, I just I just get so frustrated. But that's just where I, I know people have those conversations. It's just people see things through those lenses. I just I I get frustrated by it. I'm, I'm not the only one. I know a lot of people are frustrated by that. I'm not the only one on that. But I just wanted to make that clear that I wish we we wouldn't we'd be able to just talk about the players based on who the players are. And based on what the coaches and the people are, not have anything to do with that. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes in heat of the moment type stuff, uh, people say and do things that they regret later on. So maybe that would be the case with this. But, you know, Corey, this sounds like a potential pent-up rivalry maybe for next year. So what I would love to see LSU and Iowa to meet up next year. And, you know, I believe personally the NCAA tournament can manipulate a little bit of the uh, seating to get potential matchups they want to see later on. So Okay, by the way, I just want to, for the guy who just you, uh, called me a D-bag in the chat, so I don't block people typically. I just blocked you. Okay, so there are standards here. If you're going to come in here and get nasty, I will block you. I don't care if you're an LSU fan. I don't care if you're green, white, blue, purple, or a mix of three. I'm going to block you. So just for the the guy who just did that, you're you're gone. Have a nice day. Go ahead, Drill MVP. Final comments? Oh, no, no. I, I was just saying that, you know, with these types of – when you're the biggest star in your sport, you're going to get the most attention, and that means you're going to have players say and do things to you that they want to do to other players. But in some ways, that's kind of a compliment because they're idolizing you because you're the best. And Caitlin Clark should be considered and is considered the best player in the world. And she's, I think she's going to earn that title for a very long time with the way she's playing. So, See, and this is the problem right here. Daryl MVP right here on the screen. Mario, I respect you. I don't know what, I don't know if you're an LSU fan or what, but when you say Angel is winning off this situation, she don't care what y'all think. Just today she done hit a million on Instagram. All kind of black actors and black athletes have come out to defend her. What are we defending? I mean, if there's if there's racism going on against Angel Reese, then that's absolutely wrong. And there's always going to be that, right? But what the, the criticism that I have heard has been based on her actions. I I just I don't even understand why this is still why 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 are we bringing up black actors and black athletes who have come out to defend her? I've also seen black actors and black athletes who have come out to defend Caitlin Clark today. Am I missing something? Some, somebody help me out. Am I missing something on this issue? 
Or am I just, do I not have the ability to, I, I just don't know why everything is so divisive. I just, I just don't get it. Uh, well, anyways. anyway, Corey, I'll uh, let the next caller get online. I've, I know okay. I've been on here for quite a while. Uh, congrats to UConn and congrats to LSU for winning their titles. Thank you, Drill MVP. Appreciate you calling in, sir. Yeah, no problem. Have a uh, great rest of your show, Corey. And uh, when's the next time you plan on going live? Is it for football? Are you going to do some baseball or what? Good question. I'll pro- I'll be so baseball. Absolutely. Once we hit uh, at least tournament time, uh, I don't know if we'll be doing much with post game shows before that. But definitely for spring practice, we'll have a, a Hawkeye hangout. Of course, we'll live with with uh, Mark Rogers every Tuesday. That won't end. But we'll have a, a spring uh, Hawkeye hangout here at some point this month. We got spring practice going on. We got the spring game or spring scrimmage coming up here later in the month. So, yeah, we'll be live. Okay, looking forward to it. Thank you, sir. No problem. Have a great rest of your show. Always appreciate your MVP, one of the great ones here. And let's go to let's get this comment off the screen. Um, let's go to our next caller, Doug. Welcome to the show, Doug. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Dude, I know you wanted to talk to Coach Close. So, first of all, oh, no. for not getting you on, I just needed to cut Coach Close loose. Oh, no, I don't want to keep him up past midnight. But, um, yeah, I I want to say it must be in the Story County water or something. I agree with about 9% of what you say on about most topics. But, um, yeah, there, there were some people um, in uh, that made some comments in your uh, – Comments on one of the videos about Ulysses and Ogundele leaving and made it racial. And I'm like, and it, yeah. I, I was just like, I, 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 I know I've tried to explain this three times, but Doug, I just want this. I just wish that we, and I think that's hopefully what we all wish. Yeah. We wish that we didn't have to bring race into anything. Yeah. And that's the world we live in. And I understand there's racism out there and it's, and it, that's a big, you know, obviously a, a, mm-hmm. a big problem, but, I, with this issue, I just I, I wish we could just talk basketball and what happened yeah. without m- making it. I want to have conversation. Like I'm fine with having debate and talking controversy. And hey, Angel Reese did something. Caitlin Clark did something. Who was in the right? Who was in the wrong? Mm. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Why do we have to make it something about something it's not? And for the people yeah. out there who made it that, shame on them. And the mm. people out there who are implying that it was about that, shame on them. <laughs> You know, it's hard. I just I just know that when I'm thinking about what happened in any game, in in any circumstance, I'm not looking at this and saying, well, this happened because this person is this this race, this person. I mean, come on. We're just trying to talk sports here. (laughs) Yeah. And like I said, there's a thousand other things I I would much rather. It's sad. um, As you are aware, I'm not a big women's basketball fan. And I've watched all three of the last three games. Um, I remember, uh, like, you know, I live here in Story County. I remember the first women's basketball game I ever went to was at Hilton, uh, probably like early 90s. And it might have been with uh, Lisa Bluter, with Drake against Iowa State. There might have been 300 people there, maybe. Um, We were, uh, my sister's Girl Scout Scout troop was invited, and it, it it was weird. I was like, have you ever been to Hilton with 300 people? It's weird. Um, and uh, they used to not even play the games at Hilton. They would play them at Forker, the women's PE uh, building. And, uh, yeah, it's just how far they came with the women's game. We should be looking at that. And instead, we're doing stuff that 
tears down people. Um, that's why I said, that's why I said, Doug, after tonight, I'm done talking about the whole situation. I, I've made it clear how, where I stand on it, but, but moving forward, I'm just so proud of the, of the Iowa yes. team. Uh, congratulations to LSU. Those are awesome games. They're, they're awesome. They're awesome people. They're awesome players. They've made me a passionate fan. I know a lot of people are, are big fans that weren't before. Congratulations yeah. to Lisa Bluter and that whole staff. They've done a tremendous job. I just look forward to the future. It's going to be yeah. – I, I can't wait till November. And usually I say that based on the men. I just uh, – traditionally mm-hmm. I don't follow the women's game as much. Now I'm like, hey, I look forward to both of them. Almost equally amount – you know, the equal amount. Yeah, it, it's amazing when you do your uh... – Video. I, I was so shocked last summer when you started doing some of those videos with the uh, recruits for the girls. Um, that 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 like they like said that that's that's big big jump and that we we're talking about that and uh, they deserve credit. They work just as hard. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to be a feminist. I'm not going to be anything. They work hard. They deserve credit and they're very talented uh, people. And and um, I hope I hope we give them the respect they deserve. And Caitlin. Yes, go ahead, Doug. Oh, Caitlin's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say too, the the support that we've had here on this show for the women's game has been outstanding. And I appreciate everybody who's been a part of it. I think our our the 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 most successful or I should say the highest viewership video over the last uh, 30 days has been um, a Taylor Strimlo recruiting video from Months and months ago, I think it's up to like eleven thousand, twelve thousand views. That's not because of me. That's because of the women's basketball team generating interest, and people are wanting to read about it and wanting to watch videos on the women's basketball team and the program in the future. So I, I just think it's great, and and yeah, it it helps business, but it also just yeah. it's just great because it's uh, it's great for the program. They need it. Yeah, you want to put the, those things on there if they didn't get views, you know. And so yeah, we it's it's a two way thing, you know. Um, you know, uh, but uh, you weren't mocking me with the Nimmers thing. I, I sent you that. <laughs> no, I, you know, Doug. In all reality, I appreciate you sent it to me, but I had watched it when it came uh-huh. out because I, I follow Amaria Nimmers on on Twitter, uh-huh. and I, I I I fell for the bait a little bit. But I don't know. Gary's being a level minded coach, but I don't know. I I think that Amaria Nimmers in that video. Maybe I'm just totally falling for the bait. Uh-huh. I think he's got a little something. The, in there that me too i mean you'd be, be totally off man but yeah it's a practice video but i i think he's got something that could end up uh maybe being a contributor on this team and being a scholarship when he lost one of the reasons he did have a scholarship offers to eastern illinois and western illinois uh illinois started getting on him he missed two seasons i i, I understand it like he missed the au season with an injury so he didn't get recruited and the covid affected his recruiting um, because everyone said he was the better player over Brooke uh, Harding, uh, Brock Harding. And because uh, I, I was like, I don't know. I never watched uh, Quad City basketball, but I guess uh, Nimmers took it to Brock quite a few times. And um, yeah, so I, um, the other thing I was going to say, I wanted to talk about the freshman class and the transfer portal. <laughs> um, uh, the, did you watch any of the Illinois State Championship game that uh, – Brock Harding and Owen Wilson played in. I saw highlights. I didn't see. Uh, I, I didn't Owen, not Owen Wilson. Owen Freeman. Owen, Owen Wilson's the actor. No, you're talking about. 
<laughs> Owen Freeman. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't want to watch Owen Wilson play basketball. <laughs> no, um, did you see that they took out an Iowa shirt at the Illinois arena and were uh, showing it around, kind of like going, we're Hawkeyes? You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't think there will be a, a, a trio of freshmen. I know we have a fourth. Um, I don't think it will be a trio of freshmen closer than what the three we're bringing in. I mean, with you put Priceling drove over there. Like they hang out all the time. Well, I don't know all the time, but they're on a podcast together, all three of them. Um, it, it sounds like they're pretty close. And I think that has to be a good sign for our future if the three recruits we're bringing in are really close, you know. Um, yeah, and I don't want to forget the kid from New Jersey. Again, someone will probably make that about race. But, um, yeah. I, no, yeah, he, he could be really good. I don't know as much yeah. about Logie. Uh, I, I haven't had – I would love to have him on the show. I've invited him on yeah. – for the record, I've invited Logie Dembele on this show. I have not reached out to Price Sanford, not reached out to the other two. That's something that maybe I'll do this this summer when we have time. But uh, I'm excited about all of them, and they need help. You know, mm-hmm. in the front court. So, yeah. uh, no one for, I mean, Q, Owen, Freeman, and Elagi, those two guys yeah. have a chance. I'm hoping they don't have to play 30 minutes a game, either one of them. Um, oh, you know, I'm yeah. hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys to develop. Yeah. Well, the the question is, is with the transfer portal, um, I've been sent, I, I saw some of the names. I, I don't know what Hunter Dickerson, where, where, where we'd be at with him, but uh, the kid, both the Northeast Conference kids uh, seem promising because they're both coming on visits. Um, I sent you one of them, I think. Um, he, the uh, Jordan Minor, I think has he has visits to Virginia, uh, Florida Gulf Coast, Seton Hall, and us. I thought that was a weird combination. I would imagine um, – Courtney Eldridge is the primary recruiter, I would imagine, um, because he's Northeast kid. But um, both him, Josh um, Cohen, I think is the other one. Um, they both seem like they would be great front court help. Um, I, I I think we could. I don't know what people are expecting out of um, the portal. Uh, there's two Missouri Valley kids, uh, the kid from Valpo and the kid from Bradley, that look promising too. Um, again, having four kids visit, how many do we take? How many do we get? Do we get any of them? Um, like I said, I, I think Fran's doing a, a lot different than what he did last year. Uh, maybe with Brad and the NIL help, I don't know. But, um, again, I don't know what – yeah. I don't know. What, what are your comments on the portal and any of the guys that you've heard of so far? I, I've been very hesitant, as, as you brought out, I've been very hesitant to – jump on the bandwagon for any of these guys because until I see evidence that I was in the final two or three, I've seen Iowa lose so many battles yeah. uh, in the top five, when they're in the top five, top three, even top two. I mean, think of the guys they lost last year. Yeah. Uh, Theo Akuba. I mean, uh, I, I know the kid that ended up at uh, Iowa state, uh, Oshun Oshuni. Um, they obviously went after Fardaz. They went after Trey Mitchell. They, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just need to see things develop before I jump on the bandwagon of any of these guys, but they need help with the fi- at the five. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by the fact that we haven't heard anything about Riley Mulvey. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe Riley comes back and gives this another year and he's going to have to develop though. This is year yeah. three coming up. They need him. <laughs> they need him to go. 
Like he's got to go. Yeah. And I don't mean leave. I mean, he's got to get going right now. He uh, seems like he could be really good. I mean, not really good, but he seems like he'd be productive. I don't know. I never thought that from Josh and I'm not trying to be mean. I just never thought Josh, well, he just always was big. <laughs> so, well, Riley, I don't know that Riley's got the, uh, I don't know that he's the best runner. I don't know how much he fits. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I understand he's, he, in high school, he was a good shot blocker, rim protector. Uh, I don't know that he runs the floor great. That's one thing when yeah. I watch him that I question. And, and obviously, if you're, you love feet. <laughs> Yeah, you you almost wonder if you know, especially with a seven footer, right? It's not often yeah. that you can get a seven footer who can run the floor well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that'd be a question. But I mean, I I know coach to study him. I need to study him. I guess more on film if I'm even going to give a rookie's opinion. But yeah. uh, if he's going to be here, I'll say the same thing I said about Josh Gundley last year. If he's going to be here and take up a scholarship, he needs to be better and he needs yeah. to contribute. And if he can't contribute this next year, you kind of have to show people the door. I mean, I, I know that sounds bad. But with this era of the transfer portal, you can't have it both ways. Or you shouldn't yeah. have it both ways, I don't think. I think you should have an obligation as an athlete. you got to fulfill your your end of the bargain. And, look, he can stay on scholarship, right? You're not going to remove a guy's scholarship unless he's done something, you know, a violation of team rules. But you're not going to get playing time if you're not better than the guys in front of you. And you hate, from an Iowa fan's perspective, you hate to give a guy a scholarship and, and let him sit on the bench for four or five years. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. Um, the thing with like, um, yeah, with 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 Riley, um, I, yeah, I just I'm gonna go a different direction. Actually, um, a lot of people because of the guys I named those Missouri Valley guys, the Northeast guys. A lot of people go, they're not, they're not, uh, they're minor college basketball players, you know. But if you average 19 points in the Northeast. You know, people been putting their numbers up against um, our competition, the ACC, Big Ten. Those guys, um, I mean, like I said, Philip LaBracha averaged 17 points a game at North Dakota. You know, a guy averaging 19 points, like minor averaging 19 points and was defensive player of the year, can play in the Big Ten. If his production gets cut in half, he's still averaging 10 points a game and is a double-digit scorer. I, I don't know why people think – you know, we can only go after, we should go after Hunter Dickerson. And it needs to be, if the guy's productive and we lose Ogundale, we've added to our roster. I don't understand. If you're adding to your roster, even if the guy averages five points, we need a depth, we need a, we need a back of five. We need any type of five last year to go with Phillip, you know, you know, the five right now. Yeah. Well, Owen probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Freeman. I mean, I guess five. They they don't have a. I mean, Riley Mulvey. They don't have a five. Yeah, and nobody. I mean, nobody expects Owen Freeman to come in and start as a true freshman. That's hard to do at that position. Yes, we could see Brock Harden mm-hmm. coming in and making shots. I mean, look at what yep. Jaybo did year one. Yep. But to expect someone like uh, it, it's if it's not Mulvey, it better be somebody in the know. They're going. That's the, there. There's a reason why they're going after guys in the portal hard and like i said i guess if owen freeman or logi dembele can come in and and give you some minutes at the five maybe they do play as freshmen but boy you hate to rely on a freshman at that position and with franz with well in what they've done with the two murray brothers uh in Mm -hmm. the front court and what they've done with with luca garza ryan creener was a a, i thought really i know he never was an nba guy but you look at production and development as his career Mm -hmm. went on 
I think Iowa would be an attractive place for a big man. Same for the women. It would be an attractive place for, for an Iowa uh, a female post. I wanted to point out something, too, because you kind of mentioned NBA. Um, and Because I'm on ba- basketball reference all the time. And um, our 2021 team could have upwards of six or seven guys to the NBA. Counting Jack Nungy. I'm not saying Jack Nunge don't play a lot in the NBA or Chris Murray's don't play 10 years in the NBA career, but that to have, and I know the NBA has changed with the G league and 10 day contracts, but you have a team that has seven guys potentially play. That's the reason why that loss to Oregon has to be one of the worst losses we had. Cause that was the team that was really meant to go to the final four. I mean, I know that they had some weaknesses and maybe some of those freshmen should have played a lot more. I don't know. I mean, CJ is CJ, and you know, but um, I just want to point that out that that team had NBA talent on it, and um, that should be something we sell to these guys and the portal guys, and so that Philip was a third-team All Big Ten player this year, you know, and um, you know, you come here, great find by by Fran Ricari Evelyn, great fan or great Mm -hmm. great find, excuse me, perfect for that team. Yep, absolutely. Um, the last thing I was going to say, uh, you know, why – and, again, I know you might not be an insider. I'm not. Why haven't we heard anything about Chris yet? Um, that seems weird to me. Is this – Well, it's not, weird. it's not weird when you think about the fact that Keegan waited okay. until May. He, he waited till the deadline. My guess is uh, – and I can reach out to mm-hmm. Kenyon, but I, my guess is that, that Chris will wait until the last day. But we shouldn't read anything into that, right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I don't think that's. Yeah. I don't. I think that's just Chris getting probably exercising all his mm-hmm. resources and making sure that he's making the right decision. Like yeah. I, I think he's gone, just like I thought Keegan was gone last year. I thought maybe there was a chance Keegan came back, just like I think maybe there's a small chance Chris comes back. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's been made very clear, right? Yeah. I mean, that that that's the intention is for Chris to leave. He's been here, yeah, been here what four years now. He, well, he had the prep year. So he's been here three years in the prep year. Three years plus a prep year, so he's four years removed from high school. Yeah, no, I, I think he's gone. But uh, you never say never. We'll know in a, we'll know in a month. Well, my point just was, you know, I I was starting to read stuff into that, and you know, again, I was like, why hasn't he said anything? You know, maybe maybe he might stay until he said he's not staying. I I, I but. Again, I don't want to be one of those people that uh, believes in leprechauns either, you know. So, you know, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the roster. Um, you, you've mentioned a lot of things with Riley. We don't know yet. Um, I don't want to assume, any, like you said, I don't want to assume anything on any of these guys, but at least we're getting visits, and um, that's um, a big plus. And, um, I, again, I just want to thank everyone and uh, – you know, this has been a, an interesting year. I can't wait to next year. Hopefully the roster kind of shakes out. And uh, I look forward to maybe talking to you guys over the summer or spring when we know the final roster. Again, thank you guys very much. Go Hawks. Thank you, Doug. Go Hawks. 100%. We appreciate Doug being here throughout the season. Let's uh, go to our – well, actually, before we go to our next caller, appreciate Hawkeye Hangout. Uh, or Hawkeye Hangout. Man, this is getting late. You know, I always do that. I start saying things that don't make any sense. What happens late at night? Uh, Hawkeye Howard is with us. Thank you, Hawkeye Howard. Thank you for being here. Hope you're doing well. Uh, want to give a quick shout out to 
our sponsor. Let me pull it up for folks here just so we can uh, be sure who to thank here for our show. Ascent Nutrition, I've talked about them at length, but of course they've got their new mushroom products that I've talked about on a number of occasions. If you haven't checked out their website, visit goascentnutrition.com. They've got their new agaricon mushroom as well as their lion's mane mushroom. Now, through traditional use as well as the science of today, Agaricon is used to support respiratory and lung health, as well as immune system health, neurological health, and it provides your system a healthy inflammatory response. Their organic Agaricon mushroom, Ascent Nutrition's organic Agaricon mushroom powder is grown in the USA with top national safety and qualification standards. They also do genetic testing and they grow their mushrooms longer than others, which ensures certain bio Active compound percentages are met and exceeded. Again, this is premium stuff from Ascent Nutrition. You can mix all of these mushroom powders into yogurts, cereals, granolas, other fruits quite easily. And all of their products, including their pine needle extract, their humic and fulvic acid, as well as their awesome premium Ascent coffee, which I drink daily, can all be accessed by visiting goascentnutrition.com. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I've told you my email before from the eye of the storm at outlook.com. This is a great company, folks. Again, visit Go Ascent Nutrition. Use that code Hawkeyes. Again, that's the code Hawkeyes for 15% off your order. All right, let's get to our next caller. Tony. Tony. Hey. Um, I, I want to start. It's oh, this is not nah, nah, this is uh I want to. I want to start with. I want to start with something different than I was going to. Hold on. You guys are telling me leprechauns are not real. Next thing you're telling me. Hold on. Are you going to tell me professional wrestling is fake, Hillary? Yeah, you probably enjoyed that. Wasn't WrestleMania last night? I didn't. I'm not that huge. I haven't watched it in 20 years. But yeah, it was last night. And then I watched a little bit of the Monday Night Show. But I do want to start off with one of your sponsors. I want to say something. Um, okay. I was having some trouble with Iowa Smokehouse, and I directly contacted them because I didn't have any. I, I but no, it's it's a positive, so don't worry, it's not a negative. So I directly contacted them, let the lady know I was having problems with the Hawkeyes code and everything, and she's like, "Hold on, well, let me check." And she checked; it worked on her end, but it still wouldn't work on my computer for I don't know whatever reason. But I talked to her, and she walked through. I think I had like eight items I ordered, and she inputted them all made sure the Hawkeyes code got entered and that I got my, um, the 11, um, yep. 11 ounce, uh, thing for the final four for this week. Yep. So yeah. anyone who may have that problem, go ahead. Just, I was just going to say, thank you for, for plugging them. And, uh, just a reminder that that, uh, that, uh, deal right now is still active. So if you, yeah. order, if you order through the ninth and use that code Hawkeyes, you'll also get, or excuse me, Hawkeye singular with uh with the uh, iowa smokehouse use that code hawkeye and you'll get a free 11 ounce market blend smoke meat stick pack and of course uh, you'll get 15 percent off your order and put in a 50 dollar order you'll get free shipping i do want to say people are commenting in the chat this is my man cave in my garage i do not live in here people think i need to upgrade <laughs> this is my garage that i'm in in my man cave space so <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I live out of. That's my daughter's little house back there okay. that she has yeah, fun with. So, <laughs> yeah, my daughter. Yeah, yeah, she's. A, I just put her out there to sleep. No big deal. <laughs> oh. Do you? Hey, I, I do want to ask kind of a lighthearted question. Do you, or maybe 
not lighthearted to you. Do you want a second or a minute or two to talk about how your Mavs are doing lately? Remember when you remember what I said when the trade first happened? Yeah. Oh, I do because I asked you about. Why is it that? Why is it that a normal person? I'm not giving myself any credit, but a lot of people saw it. Why is it a normal person like me could see? That ain't a good idea. And yet, Nico Harrison in the front office is it just? I, I wonder if it's just they felt like they needed to make the move because you had to get a star next to Luca. I wonder if it was more of a chess move to show Luca that hey, we're we're. We're, we're intending to go all out to help you because man, th- this just stunk from the very beginning and it's, it's, it's not worked so far. I hope it, I hope they can make the playoffs, but man, right now they're not even in playoff team right now. Yeah. I saw something, I don't know, it was on ESPN or whatever talking about that they might just rest Luca and, um, Oh gosh, Kyrie, right. Or yeah, that's who the good player to like for the next few days or whatever. But, <laughs> That kind of wants me to segue into something I want to say with people talking about the transfer portal. You say, okay, the Mavs not got a guy who's talented but may not fit. I don't think Fran's going to do that. He's not going to try to get the most talented player. He's going to try to get the player that fits Iowa. He will never bend with saying this is our family atmosphere and I'm not going to, you know, waver from that they have to fit his culture and atmosphere and i know we've heard and i'm sure you've talked about it before that fran has passed on recruits after getting them on campus no matter how talented they are because he doesn't fit what he wants to build and what he's already built here and, and i think that I'm, i'd be surprised if iowa goes back after fardaz amac i know he's still i know he's back in the portal but i think it's mm-hmm. a perfect example i mean they felt like he fit last year they may, yeah. Sour, sour grapes because he didn't pick Iowa, but he's also back in the portal. Um, you know, there's reasons for that, but uh, you're right. Uh, Fran's going to be selective, but he's made good decisions. When he's went after players and gotten players, they've turned out for the better. Remember, Philip Robracha was not option A. Um, they went after Liam yeah. Robbins that year, and mm-hmm. Liam Robbins would have probably been a great fit. Oh, yeah. They said, no, okay, we're going to go after Philip Robracha, got him, and it worked out, man. He, Philip Abraccio, what a what a great guy, what a great player. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm excited for like the summer and the recruiting. They actually get the summer trip this year, which they were supposed to have one in the COVID year, and of yep. course, COVID happens. They couldn't have it. And I don't know. Do you know where exactly where are they going? I, I don't. Um, I don't okay. think it's been official. I don't think it's been released officially. I don't think. Okay. We'll know that within a couple months. Okay. And I just wish, you know, that's exciting that we get the summer trip, and this is another year that I wish we could have the PTO. I, I miss those days. I don't know if you remember them. You know, the primetime oh. league days. Yeah, absolutely. Like, man. I, I didn't go to PTL, but I, I watched every clip of video I could find of PTL league. Mm-hmm. So Randy mm-hmm. Larson and that, yeah, they did a great job putting that thing on, and I miss it too. That, that created great hype. It's just kind of, oh. it's, yeah, it, it, it created excitement and attention, and it was great for the fans, but it is what it is. Everything comes to an end. And speaking of that, I want to make a few comments on the Nimmers video since that's been brought up. Iowa, like when that got brought up, it got brought up before the transfer portal window, I think, opened. And I was a little scared that he was putting that out there to tease him going into the portal. You know what I mean? Like him putting that video out. But now that he hasn't gone in the portal, I think Iowa made that video for him 
to maybe have the fans get hyped up of, look, this could be the future. You're reading. I'm probably reading way too much. Way too much. I I thought it was, maybe I'm reading way too much. I thought it was odd that he would be able to release all this practice footage that I wouldn't, I would think would usually be pretty controlled by the athletic department. I wouldn't think Mm -hmm. they would just allow student athletes to release any practice footage they wanted. So I was surprised by that. Yeah, I don't know what. Maybe he got in trouble for it. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe he got. Yeah, who don't? Well, I would think not because there's no way he could have had access to all that video. Because you know the managers are shooting that video. I mean, that's practice video. How would he have access to cut that video? I don't. Maybe he did. I don't. I don't know how that. I've never been a Division One athlete. I don't know let's those. How, let's see how long we can stay up late night <laughs> talking about. Why am I on numbers? <laughs> yeah. Um, one comment about the game. Uh, UConn, the national title game, sorry. UConn did not lose a single out-of-conference game this year. And their average margin of victory in those games was 24 points. Their only losses were to Big East teams and transitive property. They lost to Seton Hall. You know who beat Seton Hall? I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm glad they beat. Who did they beat in the Gavit games? Did they play in that? Well, they would have. Who did they play in the Gavit games? Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. I I just know that it was posted over Twitter. I saw that that like UConn did not loss lose a single non-conference game this year, and their average margin of victory was 24 points in those non-conference games. Now, I think that was probably a Big East writer or something like that, you know, because the Big East is a really good conference and to show how good the Big East is. Remember, they beat, they killed uh, they killed Iowa State, beat Oklahoma State by double figures, uh, beat Alabama. What's crazy is, like, nobody was talking about them. I, at least I wasn't. And they were forced to hang into the tournament, and you got all these great wins on the resume. Beat Oregon, destroyed Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they must not have played in the Gavit games. I'm not seeing a, a Big Ten opponent on the schedule. So, yeah, quite quite interesting. Uh, two things uh, that I'll close up. So, Coach golfs this free time. What are you going to do with a little free time, Corey? You know I golf. Don't have we talked about golf? Oh, no, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm, missing, I'm just asking. Like, like he talks about, I'm like, is that what you're going to do during your free time? I don't know. You know, like. Well, I mean, it's not like I just, you know, oh, well, post game show's over. I'm done. I'm, I'm done on the channel. No, I know, but you have a little bit of downtime. It'll slow down a little. Good. Thank heavens. I <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I look forward to golfing once the weather uh, gets a little bit more consistent and balanced. Um, you know, uh, I, I got a lot of stuff to, to keep me busy, but I, I look forward to the weather getting better. That's the one thing I love about college basketball college football it gets me through the roughest time of the year and that is that is the cold months and uh oh it doesn't get that cold in Ames. you're talking to someone who lived in north dakota and south dakota here that's that's nothing all i know is when you go from 77 degrees one day to 25 degrees later the same day uh, i i think uh, you have problems well, listen to my voice remember i flew back from arizona and went to south dakota in the same day so this is the result of that weather. <laughs> um, did you watch the whole game through the national title? 
Uh, I know you set up for the pod sometimes early, but did you watch everything through? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, they, I'm going to sign off with you. Uh, I was eating. I was, I was uh, having some beverages. I was not like glued to the television screen, if that's what you're asking, Tony. Tonight? You're well, no, about, I, right? Yeah, tonight. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. I'm just going to uh, sign off with the uh, same way uh, Jim Nance did. Uh, thank you for being my friend. Or at least I hope you're my friend. He didn't say the end part. He just said, thank you for being my friend. He did sign off as thank you for being my, you know, because how he says hello. Friends. Yeah. I just threw in the at least I hope we're friends at the end. You know, he does. I like, I like Jim Nance. I don't miss Jim Nance. <laughs> he's a good, he's, he's a pro's pro. I think. And you are as well. I want to say that too. So I look forward to the future stuff in the offseason and then uh, start back up and. When is the first football game? Is it late August or early September this year? It's it's early. So it's first week of September. Okay, because I know sometimes they sneak in like that. The first week is like August thirty first or August thirtieth or something. No, I think it's I, I, it's it's first week of September. I don't remember. Okay. okay, and I'll try to be a regular on those football shows this year. But thanks for everything. Sounds good, Tony. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your support. Very much appreciate Tony throughout the uh, season. And uh, all 73 people who are still on with us here after midnight, we appreciate that. Let's get to our final caller of the night. Well, actually, we've got two callers. Let's not go to our final caller. We'll first go to Ryan. Mr. Ryan, uh, how you doing, sir? Good morning, Corey. How are Ryan, you? Uh, let me see. Let me find the comment. Let's see. Somebody made a comment here that, uh, wait, it must be a ways up. Do you know the comment I'm trying to find here? It's about my sign. Yes. Where is it at? Uh, uh, I'll sell it to him for 50 cents. 50 cents? Yeah. yeah. Michael says we need Ryan's bar sign in the merch store. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be, we can call it Ryan's bar sign. <laughs> Ryan's bar sign. Hey, I just had bar to fill sign. the wall. Well, I mean, uh, with the NCA tournament, thank goodness. Have you seen this before? You know what that is, oh, right? of course, yeah. Look at you purchasing. That's uh, that's courtesy of some. I bought, I bought three of them. I bought three of them, and two of them are gone in two days now. My children have a little bit of something to do with that too. But underrated, I, underrated the Laura Beth salsa through Iowa with Mokas. Unbelievable stuff. It's unbelievable. Um, it is. Yeah, and I'm proud to say, in honor of Mac McCoslin, when we beat South Carolina, I got the chips in that salsa out. Amen. So. And of course, the bacon is the best. <laughs> Never go so, wrong with the bacon sticks. Hope, hope, hope you don't mind me uh, plugging a sponsor for a second. Absolutely. Appreciate that, man. So, as far as Caitlin goes, uh, I'm so worn out over the whole, you know, controversy at this point. Um, I'm more interested in it dying down and so we can get on to a three, three big numbers. One that I brought up last night was Samantha Logic, and that's the number 88. Unbelievably, she needs 88 points to break Megan's all-time record. She's got 2,717 points right now. Needs 2,805 to break the record. Um, I mean, if you think of the incredible career Garza had, and I'm just talking, you know, player scoring, he had 2,306, and Megan smashed it. And Caitlin's going to just obliterate it. Another number is 811. And that's the number she needs to get to 3528. 
which would break Kelsey Plum's all-time women's scoring record. And then uh, the final number, and uh, I should have brought it up with Samantha Logic, but she's 101 away from breaking Samantha Logic's assist record. So, and she'll probably finish top four or five in the NCAA all-time. She'll get over 1,100 career assists. Um, I think she's at 798 right now. So, you know, if you assume eight and a half times, call it 35 games, it could be more, it could be 38, let's hope. Um, Good. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, she is, in my opinion, the most declarated Hawkeye human being who's ever suited up uh, in anything. Uh, You know, there's some wrestlers that you could probably argue – I, I think she certainly has got the basketball thing conquered. You might say Chuck Long, but I don't know. I, I think it's Caitlin. I mean, who else Lee is, is going to very likely break the all-time women's scoring record? That's just yeah. unreal. Unreal. I agree. Um, as far uh, I wanted to just say thank you if you relay it to Coach Close. Thank you very much for his time as well. Thank you, Corey, for your time this year. Um, it'll be weird. Maybe we'll get to talk in September if you're doing the show. I'm assuming you will, I hope. But uh, um, with the men's side, obviously, it's really hard to project next year until we see how some of this transfer portal stuff shakes out. Maybe if we get some commitments, we could maybe have a an idea, show an idea of what yeah. a team might look like. Yeah, and I, I saw a couple of comments in the chat. Uh, Gold Star Thrifter wants a show about the portal. We're going to do shows on the portal. I don't know. We're going to time those correctly because I just don't want to, you know, we, we, we need to know more, and we got some visits coming up from some portal guys on the basketball side of things. So we're going to talk about the portal, and we'll have some Hawkeye hangouts where we can talk football and basketball. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely do that. And, by the way, this comment from Sam, didn't want to skip over it. You brought up Caitlin Clark, Ryan, but he wants to know, uh, was this Caitlin Clark's best chance to win an NCAA championship? Yeah, probably. Just by probabilities, right? This team was was loaded with a bunch of vets. Now, next team, they're loaded with a bunch of vets, too, but they lose Monica Sinano, still some unknowns. But, man, I would never count a, a Caitlin Clark-led team out of anything at this point based on what she's proven. So, would I know. Know if she ends up in another Final Four? No, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked. I, I know Gino at UConn is pushing Paige against Caitlin in the championship next year. I saw a what they call the way too early top 25, and they had Iowa fourth. Uh, and I'm sure that's based purely on Caitlin. I will say this. Now, as much as we're pining for a transfer portal, and I'll be honest, I'm not completely up to speed on the recruits they have coming in. My father told me they have a 6'4 West Coaster coming in. Don't know much about her at all. Um, But we don't have any open rides right now uh, on the women's side. Very possibly one or two leave, and that opens it up for, for, for a portal transfer. But I will say, you know, we all kind of thought, from a post standpoint, the sky was falling when Megan graduated and, you know, Monica steps in 
has an okay freshman year, is phenomenal from there on out. She's got Jan Jensen, the best post coach in the business. And I I would say don't count out Addison or Hannah either. Um, you got the leadership with along with Caitlin, with Kate Martin and Gabby coming back. Uh, there's there are some ingredients to make some noise next year. You better believe it. And um, you know, uh, will it be enough to, you know, we're, we were thrilled to make the final four to beat South Carolina. Uh, you know, it would have it almost been one thing to make the national championship game just to hear other fans saying, yeah, well, you didn't have to play South Carolina. It didn't go through South Carolina. No, well, it did. It did. We're the only team in the country that beat them. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't be prouder. I really can't. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I will never watch a men's game next year and feel as bad as I did most Courtney Green games or Paul Slee's bad games this year. Isn't because, it, by the way, isn't it pronounced Sells? I found this. Isn't it pronounced Paul Sells? Paul Sells Slees? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Or little Larry. Little Larry actually isn't as bad. He's not as bad. <laughs> I no. actually, you know, you know, I like uh, what's his face, the the uh, the guy that Fran stared. Kelly Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, yeah. He's not a bad ref. He's not a bad ref. And you know, it, it's just it's just kind of interesting how some coaches can pull some real antics, right, and completely get away with it. Uh, you know, Izzo goes nuts. Bull Ryan would go nuts. I mean, Kim Mulkey, she had to have lost five pounds just running up and down, running to half court, running, you know, 10 feet into the court, touching referees. Running into the official. <laughs> you know, I, I just thank goodness my mother has better taste in clothing than her. But uh, and Ryan, was I being hard on was I being hard on Angel Reese, Kim Mulkey earlier? Was it, was it, did you feel like I was being unfair to them? I feel the same way. Um, I think yeah, there's, I, there's, I mean, here's the thing. It'd be one thing if somebody attacked uh, Carson's character. All she did is kick her ass in the first half, five for five. She just, yeah, she, 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 she was an assassin. She was great. And if you're going to, Attack her or something like that. That would be wrong because all she did is what she was supposed to do. And I'm happy for. I'm really happy for Jasmine Carson because how great would that feel? You're a single digit scorer. You're a role player throughout the season. You come in and have that game. What a what an awesome moment for an unhelded player on that roster. I'm I'm I couldn't be happier for someone like Jasmine Carson or is it Carson? Jasmine Carson. Uh, Carson, yeah. It's yeah. my son's first name, Carson. He actually said jokingly that he wants to change his first name. Uh, he said <laughs> that at halftime because she was just standing out. Um, you know they they have they have a phenomenal phenomenal team. I kept wondering how in the hell were they a three seed? I mean they're they were phenomenal. They really are. Angel Reese included and. Uh, I do think she committed about 12 fouls. I think she got away with climbing bats a lot. Um, I think the officiating just beyond sucked. And 
I'm not saying that's why we lost, but I sure would feel better going down knowing we had a fair shake. Now, I, I, I was totally expecting us to get hosed by the officials in the South Carolina game, and to my shock, we were not. Um, yeah, it's easy for me to say that now that we won. I get it. But um, as far as Angel goes, you know, a one-second gesture like that, uh, and it's over, to somebody she knows is a little different than and, – and it didn't even bother me a bit. In fact, when Angel was standing next to Caitlin at the free throw line and the first time she did that, I kind of thought, well – Yep, you got to eat it, you know. You, you, she won, you know, and to Caitlin's credit, you're down 15, shut your mouth, and she did. It was the it was the complete blatant running around, having to get in her face and just being demonstrative. And, I mean, if that's not the definition of taunting, I don't know what is. But, you know, the fact that if it's a technical foul – one second into the game, 10 minutes into the game, or with 10 seconds to go in the game, if it's a technical foul, like they say, you know, just, just to, if nothing else, prove that you're impartial. Call a T on her for that. Sorry. You're going to win the national championship anyway, but we're not going to put up with that kind of stuff. Tee her up. And, of course, you knew that wasn't going to happen. It was... And I don't hate Angel Reese or anything like that. No, you know, I mean, no. I just thought it was inter- I just thought young, it was, I just immature. Thought it, I just thought it was uncalled for. I thought it was it was unfortunate. That's yeah. what I'd say. I just thought it was unfortunate. You know, it was unfortunate. Now, hopefully, we get a chance to play LSU next year at some point. And uh, you know, Caitlin is probably not the bear you want to poke, and there's a real good chance that we won't have the same officials again. And I think there's a real good chance that those two teams play early next season. Iowa wins. I definitely do. And I, I think Caitlin, Caitlin will just uh, put her happy little smile on her face and show some grace, but then we'll be an assassin. Now, the one thing about Angel I didn't like is, you know, you may have seen it go viral, but she flipped off an Iowa fan walking into the arena. Um, that went a little viral. I don't know. I, I mean, if, I, it, if that's I, what happened, I saw the picture. If that's what actually happened and that's what was going on, then that's inappropriate. I, I mean, I, I'm assuming a 14-year-old with her mother probably didn't shout anything insulting at her or something. But, you know, whenever you see still shot pictures, you never know the context either. So, you know, I'm – exactly. I, I don't know. I don't that. want to assume that about Angel Reese. I, I, I don't either. I don't either. A game with her, but I don't know the the flipping of the bird, which was inappropriate. Whoever she was doing that to, we don't know what was said on the other side of it. I'm not saying it's okay to do that, but but you're you're right. It, It'll I be fun if we get to play next year, though. And yep. uh, you know, hopefully Lisa can at least talk to the officials this time. So yeah. anyway, great year, Corey. Thanks for everything. Thank um, you. Ryan. And uh, have a good evening and good night. We'll be back with you next time. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Lemansky with a super chat. Thank you, Lemansky. He says, 
Jill Biden publicly said she will tell Joe he should also invite the Hawkeyes as well as LSU to the White House through CC. All things are possible. Thank you, Lomansky. Appreciate the super chat, sir, as always. And I had, we had said, Ryan, uh, second place in the bracket challenge. Congratulations, Ryan. And he wants to know how do bracket challenge winners get their Iowa Smokehouse e-gift cards. So uh, I'm going to make sure, I, I always like to give ESPN, I know with with their fantasy sports, they sometimes can take up to 24 hours to make corrections. So the the scores, the, the, the final tally marks, if you will, the numbers are, I guess, not official. We won't call those official until tomorrow. But uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and share the unofficial winners of our Bra- Iowa Smokehouse Bracket Challenge here at From the Hawkeye of the Storm. If you competed in this, thank you for doing so. As you can see here, I will make my screen bigger. So I uh, I did okay. But I did not win, which is good because I wouldn't have taken the prize anyways. So uh, congratulations to our top three here, Hayden Hawk Romig, as well as uh, ESPN. Uh, this is kind of a generic name, but my best bracket, ESPN fan 5800103, ESPN 982858890, T-Dog 31. Those are your top three winners, folks. So those three winners need to reach out to me. And uh, you can do so a couple of different ways. Either reach out to me through my email from the eye of the storm at outlook.com. That's from the eye of the storm at outlook.com. You can also DM me through Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. What you need to do is take a screenshot of your ESPN account, of your profile on ESPN to prove that you are who, uh, who we think you are, who you claim you are. Uh, if you're one of those top three winners, again, these scores do not go official until tomorrow. So we'll, uh, we'll, Go back and make an official announcement tomorrow once these scores are 100% official. But again, our unofficial winners, congratulations to these three brackets. Iowa to the final four, my best bracket, and T-Dog 31-3, all of which picked UConn as their national champion uh, winners. And I saw Harpo in the chat earlier. Are there any winner? Are there any prizes for number four? Well, I'm sorry, Harpo, there's not. But I'll give you a, a big attaboy because if uh, this is you, Harpo, Pretty darn good score, 920 points. Again, not far out of third place. And you also picked uh, the Huskies. Very few people picked UConn, as you can see. As I'm scrolling down through the different winners, I picked Purdue, which, uh, of course, the Boilermakers lost in the first round. So, again, appreciate everybody being a part of our Iowa Smokehouse Bracket Challenge. Again, that's how you do it. Send me an email with a screenshot of your account so that we can prove that, yes, this is uh, you are one of the three winners that we just showed on the screen. Michael wants to know if we could see staff changes next year for Iowa men's basketball. Unlikely, Michael, unless Sherm Dillard walks away. Uh, you know, obviously Matt Gaines and Courtney Eldridge are new to the staff. If Sherm retires, maybe it's an opportunity to bring in a defensive-minded coach, but I, I wouldn't get my hopes up on that at this point. Um, there was a comment earlier that I missed, I think. Maybe not. Um, let's see here. I'm not seeing the comment now. So, uh, if I missed it earlier, I apologize. I appreciate everybody, folks. You guys have been awesome. Season's been awesome. And, uh, again, uh, thank you for being here. A reminder to please subscribe to the channel. I'm not going anywhere. We'll be here throughout the off season. We'll be talking spring football in the coming weeks. We're here. Well, we're on YouTube each and every uh, Tuesday at 4 30 PM 
Central Time. Again, that's 4.30 p.m. Central Time for Iowa football, Iowa Hawkeyes Live at 4.30 p.m. Central Time at Iowa Football at the Voice of College Football on YouTube. Myself and the one and only Mark Rogers live every single week. Of course, you can also sponsor the channel, sponsor different segments on our channel and our channel with Mark Rogers. Email me from the eye of the storm at outlook.com. Again, that's from the eye of the storm at outlook.com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at from the Hawkeye on both Twitter and Instagram from the Hawkeye of the storm on Facebook. You can also become a premium subscriber by clicking the join button next to the channel name here on YouTube shop Amazon with us. We've got an Amazon link. Any of your purchases that you, uh, take part in through uh, our link will uh, help the channel and you're donating you're basically contributing to the channel by shopping with us and of course hawkeye of the storm from the hawkeye of the storm merch also available click the link in the description below all right let's get to our final two callers of the evening thank you for calling hawkeye hangout here from the hawkeye of the storm who's on the line this is john Corey. hey john um, this popped up on my YouTube feed today. It was Holly Rowe on the Dan Patrick show. And Dan Patrick said, Holly, he goes, this is what I want. He said, I want a, a double bill next season. The first game will be the men's game, and the second game will be an Iowa-LSU rematch. And uh, she picked up her phone, and she said, I'm working on it. And he goes, no, that's what I want. And she goes, I am. I'm working on it. <laughs> I would not be. Would you be shocked if that happened? I, I wouldn't. Imagine the TV ratings for that. Exactly. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want that to happen? If you're Iowa, if you're LSU, and if you're uh, the Big Ten and the SEC, why wouldn't you want that to happen? It'd be big, or at least I think it would be. Anyway, yeah, I agree. That'd be great. And I'd love, frankly, I'd love to see Iowa and South Carolina again. Maybe that's too much to ask for, but. Uh, I'm assuming Haley Van Lith is back. I don't think she was a senior. If if let's let's get a rematch of the Iowa Louisville game. I mean, <laughs> there were a lot of great storylines in this tournament. Um, but with the Georgia game and the LSU game, with Iowa getting so much press and attention, would it almost been better for them to fly under the radar? That maybe them to Georgia and LSU felt like they were being slighted because they weren't getting the attention. And oh, that's uh, possible. That's possible. I mean, I think LSU, I mean, I don't know how you really fly under the radar on the national championship game. I mean, a lot of people were talking about Angel Reese and uh, that team. I mean, they were, you could argue they were underseeded based on a weak non-conference schedule as a three C. They won a lot of games this year. So maybe that's the case. I think a bigger storyline is uh, the foul trouble a, and not to make excuses, but foul trouble is a factor. And I think playing late Friday and then playing early Sunday, that's unfortunate. Um, there's things I would do to to improve the quality of that national championship game. But again, with that being said, LSU played great. But I think there are things that the NCAA could do to improve the quality of that all-important game. Boy, LSU, they just couldn't miss. Well, it helps when you're wide open. <laughs> yeah. They were wide um, open a lot in that first half. I- Iowa did not play much of any perimeter defense in that first half, and... They struggled, and that's, uh, there's lots of room for improvement on the defensive end. As great as they were this year, lots of ways to improve on that side. Um, and when we were, the men played in the NCAA tournament, and we lost at France press conference, the last question, I believe, was from a reporter. 
And he said, Fran, your last three games have all been losses. Are there any off-season changes? And Fran said, no, none. And he got up and walked off. Uh, it, it shouldn't surprise me, but I was a little disappointed. I, I guess I miss. I'll have to go back and watch. I, I guess I missed that. Uh, Fran's not. Fran's, a, you know, he's always kind of like a prickly pear. He's just not always the most patient. <laughs> um Maybe it's me, but he seemed like the, like the last two weeks of the season, he was real snarky with the reporters. Well, they, they, they were losing. I mean. And when, when the parents came out and they were doing the Zoom call, they showed him Zoom call, and they, they asked him, uh, what's your thoughts on, on the tournament and the pairing? And he goes, thrilled like I am every year. <laughs> and yeah, okay. I saw that. That was snarky. That that's Fran. That you know, uh, I I'd like to. Here's my plan, John. I plan on getting Fran back on this show during the off season, and I'm going to ask him some tough questions. And I'm not, you know, I, I'd like to, you know, we'll see how he answers. I I I, I really do respect Fran. I, I think Fran gets a little snarky at times, but I think he's a good person. And I think he wants to win more than they are. I think that's part of the frustration. That's part part of why he reacts the way he does it to the media sometimes. I think he's just as frustrated. He's more frustrated than we are that this team has not experienced real March success besides the Big Ten tournament last year. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he says no offseason changes, but who knows? We like I say, we don't know what's going to happen with Sherm Dillard. My guess is he returns, but there are other things that can happen, and certainly the portal's a big storyline. Well, did we get maybe Lisa Bluter or Jan Jansen on the show? I, that's absolutely. I, I plan on that. Yep. Definitely want to have Lisa and or Jan on the show. Okay. It, it's late, Corey. So thank you. And I guess have a good morning. Thank you, John. Appreciate your calls always, <laughs> sir. Thank you. Appreciate John being a part of the show. And we've got our final caller of the night. Tom, welcome to the show, Tom. Good to see you, Corey. Good to see you. Thanks for everything you've done all year, Corey. Football and basketball. Appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure, Tom. Corey, uh, this is probably a little bit better question for Mark Rogers, so sometime I'll have to call in to him. Okay. But today I was looking for some video feed on the uh, Hawkeye women coming home, right? The they come back into the Iowa city and KCRG was there and I watched a little bit and on my YouTube, there was uh, you know, some clips, skip Bayless and Shannon sharp on the national championship, you know, the women's deal. And so I started listening to that and it was just horrible, just horrible. Didn't listen to all of it. Well, that's, isn't that what you um, normally get the skip Bayless? Yes, I don't. I don't normally listen to. It. If it wouldn't have been for the Hawkeyes being in the championship game, I never would have li listened to it. But uh, so then, as I scrolled down through there, you know, you get these 10, 12 minute clips from ESPN, and and it's all the controversial controversial stuff that they want to talk about. And so my question is, they just want to beat up on Iowa. You know, the new TV contract coming up. Is this what we're going to get, a big SEC, Big Ten brawl? Is this what we're going to be on ESPN Sports Center now, the Big Ten? Is Are we going to be their punching bag down the road? 
Well, if they can't, are you talking about the men? I'm talking about football, basketball, whatever. When es when it comes to ESPN, oh, are, are they going to side with the SEC and just be we're just their yeah. punching bag? Yes. Yeah. That's I mean, what I that's what it feels like. Well, the thing is, is that there's going to be. I think there's a fine line that they're going to tread with that because you you can't just completely isolate a huge part of your your viewer like it's still a lot of big 10 fans are going to watch espn so you can't completely isolate them tom from a business standpoint right, you can't right. Isolate them. but there's going to be the bias there and there already is with with people like paul feinbaum and yeah that, that's right. going to that's going to be there absolutely it's, it's just going to get uh exacerbated when you have uh basically no game no big 10 games on espn anymore i mean you know shannon sharp was going after uh, Caitlin and her ponytail and no tattoos. But they're not even ESPN. They're Fox. You know, but right. But the, all these clips that come up, it's just like bashing ESPN. Sure. It's it's all about hacking on the Big Ten. Yeah, but I, again, TV money, TV contracts, yeah. loyalty. Viewers. Yeah. I'm just afraid that it's going to trickle in the football season and yeah. It does, it does. The Big Ten's got to the Big Ten's got to play better in postseason play, whether you're talking about football or basketball. The Big yeah. Ten has played decently well in bowl games. They've got to win a championship. They've they've got to win a championship. The men haven't won a championship since two no no men's or women's basketball team has won a championship since two thousand. Uh and and uh somebody other than Ohio State has to win a Big Ten football championship, and Ohio State hasn't done it in several years. So yeah, that I mean the big it's on the Big Ten to, to perform better when it counts. So that's all I have tonight, Corey. We'll let you I go. Appreciate you, Tom. Thank you for calling in, sir, and for, for watching the show. Appreciate uh, Tom being a part of things and uh, all of our listeners here this evening. Thank you for being here and uh, again for Coach Gary Close. Thank you, Gary. Uh, we we unbelievable uh, few months. It's been so great. Uh, I said this last year. I'll say it again this year. Having Coach Don Patterson and Coach Gary Close on this show makes it worth it each and every night. Thank you, folks. Uh, a reminder, again, I've talked about all the ways to support the channel. Reach out to me uh, if you have uh, if you were in our top three of our Iowa Smokehouse Bracket Challenge. I'll be back with Mark Rogers tomorrow over at our Iowa Football at the Voice of College Football channel at 4.30 p.m. Central Time. Donate to the channel by means of the links in the description below. Have a great night.